Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I am joined by Fred Jackson. And now Steve Jordahl, news reporter for OneNewsNow.com. Woohoo! Hey, Steve. How are Hi. you? I'm great. Uh, am I interrupting something here? You're busily typing. I'm uh, working. You, you, I'm working here. <laughs> he's, he's getting on... his Chick-fil-A sandwich for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, put in an order for me, man. That's 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 good eating right there. Although I will say, see, it's very easy to get me sidetracked. <laughs> I like Popeye's chicken too. That's uh, pretty, that's pretty good. Popeye's chicken is a okay with me. So. I've just got a little turkey sandwich for lunch. That's all I've got for today. So <laughs> And no mayonnaise. Uh, I'm not sure what my wife put on it. See, I, I really am distracted. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm immediately thinking about lunch. I think she gave me some kind of like uh cucumber salad with it. So that'll be pretty good. That's exciting. Oh it's really exciting. Steve, <laughs> sir. Before we lose our audience, why don't we, why don't we why don't we move along to uh the news of the day. All right. Ideas, when you put them into practice, have consequences. And we've been seeing and hearing uh, defund the police calls all across the country. Well, they had <laughs> crime is on the uptick. And I want you to hear what happened in Rochester, New York, uh, last night uh, at, a, uh, at a Walmart, in the parking lot of a Walmart. I'll set this up. There are hundreds of kids in, this, in the video and they're they're fighting. It's like in, it's mostly girls just banging on each other, just banging and really hurting each other. And then you hear gunshots. Listen to this. All those pops are gunshots. Like dozens all that of them. was gunshots. All the pops. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, you, you told us about this story yeah. this morning. We talked about it, and uh, I didn't realize there were so many. That that's that's like eighteen. It gunshots. is gunshots. And and I I don't know how to say this. Fortunately, or one only one person died, and only three were injured in all of that. So wow. I don't know how that happened. Well, but. first first of all. Um, Fred, just having all those teenagers in the parking lot is going to destroy the business. Yes. Because nobody's going to pull into a parking lot with all those kids because you don't know what they're going to do. But then for the fights, because you described it, there were two girls especially who were wailing away on each other. Uh, They were fighting and then gunshots. Uh, This is, I'm going to say this. And then Fred pitched it to you. But it's certainly part of the defund the police movement. But I'll tell you something else. And we've talked about this over the last year or so. The George Soros effort to fund the election of leftist district attorneys, Mm -hmm. prosecutors, Mm -hmm. who would not prosecute crime is also in play here and some of these cities that have almost eliminated bail. And what you have is 
the perception that the city doesn't care about crime. And this is what happens when you don't have law and order. Before before we get to you, Frank, can I play the sound of the uh, Oakland police chief? This is the chief of police of Oakland. And he was he responded to a shooting where a young man died. And this was his, um, this was what he had to say. I'm challenged by uh, the decisions that were made on Thursday around uh, the budget for the city of Oakland, particularly for the Oakland Police Department. But today we find ourselves in a crisis. We find ourselves reeling from a weekend of violence where we've seen four homicides over a three-day period. Our shootings are up over 70% this year. Our robberies are up 11% this year. It's been 1,300 robberies in this city already this year. Our carjackings are up nearly 88%. So we see clearly that crime is out of control in the city of Oakland, and our response was for less police resources. Oakland Police Chief Laron Armstrong. Yeah, I think there's a, a couple of things at play here, and certainly agree with you, Ed, on the defund the police movement, which is very dangerous, and we're seeing ramifications of this all the time. But I, I think there's another element here. Um, somewhere along the way, we are giving license to individuals to steal, loot, and take guns and kill people. I mean, we've all seen the scenes now in New York uh, where just random violence, uh, either striking people with hammers or going after people. There's that horrible video we saw last week of a guy He's got two little kids around him. Right. He's chased down by somebody else who shoots uh, at at the, the adult there with these two little kids clamoring over this guy. It's amazing that none of the kids were were. He would were try hit. to snatch these kids to protect himself. To protect himself. It's it's abs- so there's there's a couple of there's the defunding of police and that is a serious serious problem. In the midst of all of this kind of attitude that's building, that the way to resolve this. I'm going to commit violence against individuals. People breaking into stores. You have the public policy now of it was in parts of California that you can you're allowed to go in and steal up to nine hundred dollars, and uh, the store owner is not allowed to touch you. What are we doing in this country? Uh, we are losing the sense that law and order keeps a society running. Our society is breaking down. I blame 100% of it on public policy that's driven ultimately by a spiritual problem. We have a, we have a spiritual problem. God's Word teaches us to respect authority. Right. But what's happening is our people in authority, and this is where I blame mostly politicians, are, are, are giving up on the idea of, of law and order. Now, they would like to curtail political enemies— Right. We're seeing that, too. There's a lot to this. We're going to use law and order to curtail political enemies, but there's a whole segment of society we're saying, we understand why you want to be violent. Go ahead and do it. And that's, that's, that's a very good point because we have seen for over a year now that some of, these, some of the politicians in these big cities, mm-hmm. when we had the riots following the, uh, the killing of George Floyd and a couple of other events, too, we heard high-profile people saying 
There's nothing wrong with them looting. They're just, they have a right to. They're just taking what they should have had to begin with. Yeah. And and that was being allowed. No, there'd be no rep- repercussions for uh, for these for looting. We we all saw those videos, you know, last summer. And if if in the back of your mind you think I've gotten a raw deal in life, I saw people looting, and they said that this is part of mostly peaceful protesting. Well, guess what? We saw the the video a couple of weeks ago. The guy on the bike mm-hmm. is loading stuff. It was a CVS yeah. Yeah. loading stuff into a trash bag, and now I think they caught him. Yeah. Uh, eventually, but he did this to several different stores. I'm just reading a book now by Andy No, a yeah. journalist who has been been able to get inside some of the protests over the last year in Portland and, and Seattle. And who's just been kicked out of SoundCloud, off of SoundCloud, by the way. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Andy, I, he tells the story. Was it Seattle summer? The politicians called it the summer of love <laughs> when they created the jazz, the zone. Yeah. Where the police weren't allowed to go in, there were shootings Chaz, in there. Chaz, or Chaz, they were shooting. They were taking over businesses. They, uh, the city even gave them was providing food for these people. Right. And and the mayor calling it it's just a summer of love in yeah. there. There were people killed. Yeah. There were young black men killed in there, murdered, and this politician is calling it the summer of love. This they become unhinged, and I'm sorry. I, let's tell the truth. These are Democrat-controlled cities. Yes. I'm just wake up, America. Wake up. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve. Um, we've been talking a little bit about schools and uh, the fact that if you're white, you're racist. Is what you're being told with uh, all the different uh, uh, philosophies that are running around out there. I want you to hear from a young woman who uh, was not born into privilege and probably doesn't think she has it now. This is a brave young woman. She looks about middle school. We don't know her name because she's underage, but she was speaking to her school board in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I'll set this up by saying she is a, fo- she is a foster child and uh, was a victim of sexual assault as a young girl. Cut, cut seven. I have been in counseling as long as I can remember because I was adopted from foster care at age four. The things I've learned along the way... are being challenged now when my science or math teacher is trying to teach me how to be emotionally. And why are they teaching me about sexuality and how to identify? I don't want to hear about sexuality during class. This has been a very traumatic part of my past, and the more the school focuses on sexuality, the more it affects me and my anxiety. I was told I have white privilege. How can a child born in an abusive drug and alcohol abuse home who lost her entire biological family that has experienced all forms of abuse and neglect be privileged? It's a good question. It is a good question, but you know what? I'm just telling you right now, the left doesn't care about her. They don't care about her story, just like the left doesn't care when conservative black men and women speak up for the Constitution and what they believe. They aren't black enough. This girl is not woke enough. They don't care about her story. They will close their hearts to her in Indianapolis and continue to teach her and her classmates about identifying any gender you want and about the fact that there's white privilege unless parents stop it. Where did you find that story? I believe that came through my uh, the, on the website citizenfreepress.com. So you didn't find it on CNN? Uh, no. Or ABC, no. or CBS, yeah. or NBC, or the Associated Press. 
to your point, Ed, uh, their attitude now is if we don't do the story, it never happened. And you know what? The, the argument that they make frequently for transgender people, for example, is we have to listen to their experience. Yeah. We have to listen to the way they view the, the, the world because their experience is their experience. Therefore, it's valid. Well, they're not going to say that about this girl. No. Because her experience doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. So. Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, Freda, you were talking uh, this morning about a uh, an incident that happened at a spa um, in, I don't know, what city California. was it? In California. It's a, California. Um, it's called We Spa. And some a man walked into the women's section fully unrobed and uh, completely naked in front of young girls, we're told. And uh, some some people complained to the uh, front desk, which responded, you're not going to be able to hear this very well, but they responded, oh, I'm sorry, he's in there because it's the law. Listen to cut nine. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female, sweetie. Okay. Girls down there, other women who are highly offended for what they just saw. And you did nothing, absolutely nothing. In fact, you sided with him. So we spa is an agreement with men that just say they are a woman and they can go down there and get into the women's section. Is that what you're saying? What, what, really? What law? What law? Okay. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't come back either. Yeah, get your money back. Yeah. Oh, she, she's. She's surprised, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's California, and that is the law. So people people are starting to wake up. I mean, people are, are experiencing that. I remember three years ago, four years ago, I, I kept it. Uh, it was a story from a liberal lady who took her kids to Disney World in California, and she and her daughters were waiting in line for the ladies' bathroom I know, ladies, it's unfair that there's always a line for the ladies' room. She finally got into the bathroom, but there was still a line waiting to get to the stalls. And a big guy walked in. Big kind of, she described him as a big guy with beard, walked into the ladies' room. He was claiming to be a woman. He said, every one of us in there were intimidated by this guy because he was stronger than anyone in there. She said, I had my daughters, so we left. But she was a liberal. She wrote this article and said, and she was conflicted because she generally supported, in general, the trans. She didn't want transgender people persecuted or beat up or, you know, shoved in a locker in school. None of us want that. But she said, this is a guy and no amount of, uh, uh, of this man pretending otherwise could change the fact that a big guy in a enclosed space she said i thought about what if it was just me and my daughters in there so even liberal people will wake up a little bit when they are confronted with the reality of what these idiotic laws allow people to do uh abe hamilton uh on the hamilton corner last night i think he spent most of the second half of his program on this if you want to hear more details on this story it's really important it's it's hard to believe you know, when we hear uh, the left talk about we must follow the science, we must follow right. the science. But this is not about science, folks. This is about we have laws in place now that allow a guy like this just to simply walk into a lady's spa, 
go to the management and say, I feel like a woman today. I'm going down there. And the woman behind the desk said, there's nothing I can do about this. Right. This is And the, she's right. She's wrong. She would have got law. sued. She would have got sued. But what about, and this lady you heard there talk about the young girls that are in this change room that have to be, are literally being exposed to this, right. this garbage that's going on out there. And we have a president of the United States who supports this. We have a president of the United States who's imposing this mentality on our military. Right. We have the chief, uh, uh, the joint chiefs of staff supporting this garbage and saying this is this is this is part of military readiness this is insanity that's going on folks there's got to be a judgment day coming one way or the other yeah well sometimes god lets you eat the fruit of your idiotic behavior yeah and it looks like that's what's coming for us yeah uh absent a move of the holy spirit a, revi- a revival um, this is the kind of situation that was in the world before all the great revivals. Remember right. the slavery thing before the British revival and everything? Um, either that or we're on our inexorable slide towards the apocalypse. Yeah. Ed, is it Samuelson uh, who wrote about the uh, characteristics of a nation that fails? Was Well, you, are you talking about uh, uh, Samuel Huntington? Huntington, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wrote Clash of Civilizations. Yes. And, and that was pretty much about the West and Islam. Yes. But there, there, are, there are several who have written about the And about one of them of is, is, is taking all the inhibitors out of sexual behavior. Right. A nation will fall. Yes. I, I, I wrote an article 10, probably 10 years ago now. Uh, I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but I, I did some research and found these two books. They were fairly old. One was from 1934. The other one was from 1956. And the one from uh, 1934 was written by a British anthropologist named J.D. Unwin. Mm-hmm. And the 56 book was American Sex Revolution by Peter M. Sorokin. He was the founder of the sociology department at Harvard University. And they independently studied... Uh, 80 cultures and civilizations that had gone through the various stages of arising to power and being strong and spreading and then decaying and dying. And what they found was both of them, again, independently, these were not Christian men. As far as I could tell, they were atheists, believed in evolution, that it all came down to reviews on sexuality and marriage. Yeah. Every one, every, they both independently said, that when a culture loosens its sexual mores, morals and moves away from monogamous marriage between one man and one woman, they are in decline. Isn't that amazing? They are decaying. Yeah. Like you say, they were atheists. Yeah. I don't know if there's a way we can go back into the archives of the journal. Uh, I, it it, it uh, probably it probably is. I'm sure it is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one article is... Uh, I wrote two. One was the morally heroic. Mm. That's probably the, the one I can remember the, the title of it. Again, this is about 10 years ago. But if you search for American Family, it's an AFA journal yeah. and morally heroic yeah. under my name, you, that, that'll come up. I, I think that's absolutely amazing when you had people studying how nations collapsed. Right. And you have these atheists, as you say, non-Christians. And when, when I... Read, read these articles, folks. 
it's absolutely amazing to see what's happening in America today. It is a warning. Uh, I'm, I'm sure these men didn't, didn't intend this, but it is a warning to us today that we're not going to get away with it just because we're the United States of America. Right. And, and this was part of the point. By the way, I did look it up. If you look under uh, AFA Journal, here's the names of the two articles. Just search for morally heroic because it talks about what it takes for a nation to come back from decay. Right. Uh, stunning. The, let me just say this since we kind of uh, – uh, let me give you the other name of the other article. is called the, the Decay of Greatness. Those are the two articles that I got that I wrote on these two. And, but the, the morally heroic and the rescue of culture, they, these, two, these two guys, again, independently, atheists, they said it is rare, but it is possible for a nation to reverse its decay. Mm-hmm. They said if the, the layer of culture, the people who remembered the old ways that made the nation great, if they – continue to believe it if they refuse to join the party which mm-hmm. leads to the decay and if they are willing to suffer the anger and hatred of the general population who considers them prophets of doom they said when things start to come crashing down oftentimes the society will return to those people and say what is it you are saying yeah we want to rescue the culture wow. uh, and when I when I was reading that I thought that's Jesus saying the church has to remain salt and light. Yes. You ha- you cannot lose your saltiness or else you are contributing to the de- destruction of your nation. Yeah, fight anyway, on. Anyway, fight on. AFA Journal, uh, uh, look under Morally Heroic and Decay of Greatness. Those are the two articles. Goes back. Uh, okay. Oh, you're going to post them both on Facebook. All right. Brent Creeley is awesome. There you go. Just go to our Facebook page. All right. Hey, um, you want to hear a good story? I want to hear a good story. <laughs> Absolutely. Asha Nieves was uh, needing a – she wanted a dog. She uh, needed a pet. She just – she had a dog a couple years ago, and it somehow escaped through a hole in the fence, and she never saw it again. And so she was going to go look for a dog. So she went – her dog was named Kovu. So she went to the Humane Society's website where they get the pictures of all the dogs yeah. and saw a dog named Ash who was unmistakably Kovu. So she goes down to this Humane Society in Pennsylvania, and she said um, that she said we locked eyes, and I see his smile, and he started wagging his tail. As soon as he started coming, he started squealing and screaming and yelling and jumping on me and kissing me. That's a dog who misses his owner. Two years. I, I sent that to you last yeah. night. I, I saw it last night. Uh, was looking through some stories, and that, I think I found that on the New York Post. And uh, I just thought that is that's the story I want to conclude with <laughs> yeah. tomorrow because th- this dog had a little scar over its eye. That's how she yep. first recognized it. Now, Fred, are you a cat or a dog person or nothing? Well, I grew up on a farm with both. Okay. And I can attest to the fact we had a cat uh, that we had to give away. And uh, my dad drove it five miles to these people who needed a cat. Yeah. Who needs a cat? A year and a half a year and a half later, the cat comes walking up the driveway. <laughs> cat found its way back. Cat found its way home. Well, I will say this: to say we kept the cat. Yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm primarily a dog person. My wife likes cats. My mom loved cats. She was born in Greece, and when she before she came to this country at about 11 years old, she was a little girl. A neighborhood boy used to terrorize the neighborhood kids with her, his German Shepherd. 
That dog chased her from school one day, mm. and her cat, Big Tom Cat, she said, jumped on the dog's back and tore it up, sent that dog squalling that's in the funny. other direction. So I love it. All right, folks, that's all we have for this show, but more great programming directly ahead on American Family Radio, and Lord willing, we will see you tomorrow.